0: Welcome Chelsea fans to your home for all the talk and news about the champions of England. I'm Brian and joining me will be my co-host Andres. Get ready, this is the Star Spangled Blues Podcast. Fans, welcome back to the Star Spangled Blues Pod. It's uh, it's been a little bit, but uh, you know, we've had uh, life hit us in the face for a little bit, but we're back now. We're ready to talk some Chelsea football. Um, as we, as always, uh, Andres is with me. Andres, how you doing?
1: Um, I'm doing personally pretty well, Brian. But you know, it's been a kind of a rough last couple weeks to be a, a Chelsea fan.
0: Yeah, um, we'll get right into all of that um i think first off since uh, we missed a couple weeks i think we're going to talk about the uh the city game first off and you know when when, it, when you come down to play in a team like city who is on fire they were uh i think if not top of the table they were one point off of united at the time um going into a game like that i think you have to even at home i think you want three points but realistically you'd be happy with a point right there i mean that's personally how i felt um Coming out with a with a, a loss there and no points, um, I felt like we played pretty good. Especially the fact that Morata came off um, injured early on in the first half. I thought it was a pretty you know decent game from us. Um, you know, great play by Kevin De Bruyne to get that goal, and and that was the difference. So I mean, um, you know, I don't know how you feel about it, but personally, I thought you know it was a decent match from us. It's just an unlucky result.
1: Yeah, I thought you know. One thing that kind of surprised me, I guess, was keeping the 4-5-1-1 formation that Chelsea deployed against Atletico. I know it worked to the T against Atletico and props to Conte for getting that to do, you know, Chelsea have the best performance of the season at that point. But the one thing I felt was that with Atletico, they like to sit back, they like to defend, and that's where that 4-5-1-1... Or sorry, three five one one. Excuse me, was so good for Hazard because he would have tons of space, tons of time getting the ball. With with City, I was hoping we would deploy the three four three and kind of counter the Pep possession style with just you know getting the ball up quickly and hitting them smash mouth counter attack football. So I was just a little bit surprised on that end. Um, I thought, like you said, it was pretty back and forth game. Not nobody had like a lot of clear chances, but. Murata's injury definitely changed the game for Chelsea and City kind of took the lead at that point and actually took the actual lead with the Du Bruyne goal. Yeah I mean at this point
0: you know and, and this is another point that I thought I would kind of try and make with the Palace game which we'll talk about in a little bit but I mean is our our tactics I think are they getting a little bit too predictable? It seems like all the success we've having are, is is coming from one or two areas. We're not able to really create chances. It, it it's always coming from one or two specific areas. Be it you know in in a particular game. I'm not saying throughout the whole season, but in a particular game, we were only ha- able to have success. And I feel like I feel like everything's just getting a little bit too predictable from Chelsea right now. And that's where we're seeing, I think, a little bit of a drop off come from.
1: Well, you you tie this you know your idea of it being predictable to the fact that William and Pedro haven't shown up at all this season it's it's tough to make something happen when two of your players up front which both share a position so either one or the other is up there haven't really found their kind of game this season it's it's been pretty shocking and you know i think a lot of people are still wondering what happened to the willian that one player of the year it's i think you tie the fact that because of those bad performances, Chelsea's looking predictable. I think they go hand in hand.
0: Yeah, no, I, I mean I definitely agree with you. Um, and and when it comes to uh, Morata coming off early in that game, which was obviously huge, it changed the whole complexion of the game. The hold up play was non existent, and and that's another thing I want to talk about is is Batch Y is just absolutely, I mean, just underperformed. And at some point, you have to. I think, draw it up to did he leave his talent in League One before he came? I mean, really, the guy hasn't shown a Chelsea-worthy performance in a big Premier League game since he got here. Um, you know, with the exception of the goal to, to, to see, seal the, um, the Premier League trophy last year. I mean, just how many underwhelming performances are we going to see from a guy like that before we say maybe we need to go get another striker to back up Murata when he comes back?
1: Yeah, and that's exactly why Conte wanted to get... Fernando Llorente, I think, like, this is exactly why he wanted that third option. And, you know, those kind of things that where Conte was saying he wanted more and and the board was kind of fighting him back on it, it's starting to show a little bit. When you have – the thing about Mishibashuai is that he's great coming off the bench. Coming on as a starter, Chelsea has no other options. Like, Morata's hurt. Who do you put in after Mishibashuai? Every option after that – sadly is 5-7 or shorter and when teams are sitting back after they get an early lead those 5-7 players are not going to be able to play through you're going to need a big target man to bring the ball down or to cross it into because again hazard pedro and willian are going to get bullied by these giant premier league defenders when they're parking the bus when they get an early lead on chelsea
0: yeah and and i think that's the big thing is once you exhaust michi you have absolutely no other options right now i think the lack of depth is definitely showing um you know especially right now with the conte being out as well as murata which um you know murata uh we were talking about he trained today so it looks like he may be available for roma um but you know going looking past the the city game and on to the international break I mean that was a big one for Chelsea losing in golo Conte is is he's the former player of the year um, you know it that's a big loss when you have someone in the midfield who has been there and established a presence for Chelsea and now you have bakayoko who tries to fill the gap and I think I think that was part of the, the what happened in the palace game this weekend um, was just you know not a lot of midfield you know depth there. Um, and, and without Angolo, I think people look lost um, right now. And, and the lack of depth is really showing.
1: Yeah, you know, this international break couldn't have come at a worse time. Besides, the only positive is that Morata got to kind of stay back and heal. But the whole time, all I could think about is Chelsea's players are all going to go play in a final round of World Cup qualifiers where they're all trying to make it to the tournament for next summer, while Crystal Palace gets a whole week of preparing for Chelsea. And on top of that, the Crystal Palace has been an actual tough fixture for Chelsea in the past couple of seasons. I don't know how many times Chelsea's flying in high, playing great, and then they just get completely outplayed by Palace, which just happens to happen this very weekend. Like I said, I thought it was a nightmare scenario. Willian was playing till Wednesday. Um, Pedro, I'm pretty sure, was part of the Israel game. Like all our players were playing Tuesday and Wednesday, and they had to fly back Thursday. Then have to adjust real quick and get ready for the game on Saturday. So I think international break might have had to do with it as well. Obviously losing N'Golo Kante in the middle um, is is key, but for the Palace game, I thought the Bakayoko-Sesk partnership would have sufficed in any other kind of scenario.
0: Um, so, yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. Um, it's just, you know, the... Any Chelsea fan could have really seen this this loss coming a mile away. I mean, with the injuries that we've had, I I just feel like, you know, it's just the injuries that we've had piled up with the the lack of depth that we've seen on the bench. I mean, at the beginning of the season when we didn't have Morata fit and he wasn't he wasn't ready to go, and 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 you had some of the players on the bench that you were looking at as like under twenty three players or, or guys that you would never see on a bench with the for Chelsea, any time, um, you know the lack of depth is really showing. And and any Chelsea fan who has watched uh, the last few years against Palace could have seen this one coming from a mile away.
1: Yeah, and then you know t- the whole depth thing right now. It also stinks that Danny Drinkwater is still hurt. You know he could have been on the bench had had it not been for that calf injury. Um, another thing that's really bugging me right now is is Conte always preached that performance would get you its merit to start a game and I I know that there is a lack of depth but players like Christiansen, Rudiger, even Musonda have all performed so well I don't understand why they weren't given the shot at starting for this game again there was international break it was perfect for these guys who are actually probably more of the fresher options you know Rudiger is probably not established a starter for Germany Christensen, I think Denmark had already qualified for the World Cup. I Don't quote me on that. And then Musanda obviously didn't play for Belgium. So these three players could have been fresh options with desire to prove themselves in a game that's always been a trap game for Chelsea.
0: Yeah, and, and I, I think Musanda is one of the guys that a lot of people really wanted to see play. Um. Be after that Instagram post that he had, and, and he and I mean, he came in in the
1: second half, and he was the best player. The most of the you know he was amazing again. He had a chance that he just kind of skied at the end, but the guy played fantastic one more time.
0: Yeah, I mean he's done nothing but show, you know, what he can do when he's been on the pitch this year. Um, it's just you know, and and I don't know what you're gonna make of the Instagram post or whatever. He's frustrated. He's young with a lack of playing time. Uh, but, I mean, at the end of the day, you got to put the players on the pitch that are going to play, and, you know, it's. I mean, look at the Palace game. You have guys that just, they really just look defeated. Um, I mean, i you know, only caught the first half of the game. Um, I, I know you have more to say about the second half, because I didn't personally see Musanda play other than the highlights. I didn't see, you know, um, his movement on the pitch or anything like that, but, you know, in the first half the guys out there just looked defeated. I mean, it, you know, there was no energy on the ball or anything like that. Passes weren't weren't accurate. I mean, William lost the ball more times than I think he completed passes. It was just ridiculous. Um, but at the end of the day, you want the guys that are going to be out there playing and Musonda has played well every time he's been on the pitch this year.
1: Yeah, and and to add on to the whole William thing, I, Hazard was non-existent. He's the best player that we think in the Premier League. I mean, he was, he should have been... You know, big players show up for things like this. Like, you don't see, like, Messi allowing... Like, for example, Messi took over a game against Ecuador. Like, when you're that kind of caliber player, you're supposed to make your presence felt. And I thought that Hazard was non-existent. Um, Mishi was also ha- non-existent. Fabregas, honestly, in the second half, probably had the unluckiest half of any player I've seen in a while. The guy had skimmed the crossbar he had plenty of things that it was just not kind of chelsea's day in the second half so you you partner an awful first half of where just crystal palace just outplays chelsea and then you partner it with a second half where nothing goes chelsea's way and i mean nothing like i don't it's just one of those things where just things were just not there's just no end product and it's not because there wasn't chances it was just one of those days so It was frustrating. Like I said, Bakayoko finally got his first EPL goal well-deserved. You know, you're always taught to header the ball down to the ground, and that's exactly what he did. The bounce puts it at upper 90. Um, Wilfried Saha, the man, honestly, great dribbler. I don't think he's – I don't rate him as a great football player, but he just loves to mess with Chelsea. And and speedy dribblers seem to be one of Chelsea's biggest weaknesses when you have, you know – Hill behind Alonzo, where Alonzo doesn't feel like he can, you know, explore the offensive side enough, or, you know, another thing that I want to say is, um, Moses was not very good in the first half, and he ended the game early with a hamstring injury, and then Zapacosta comes in, and he made a change, like I said, he was putting in crosses in the middle all day, great crosses, just nobody was there to finish them, so I know I'm kind of rambling right now, but there was just it was a story of two halves and it just happens to be one of those days where Chelsea didn't come out with at least a tie but you can't forgive that awful first half performance there's no reason why Chelsea should come out against the worst team in the league and i'm telling you the worst team i've ever seen like these people hadn't scored a single premier league goal and of course it has to happen against Chelsea
0: well and i want to go back to some what you said about hazard how he was non-existent um, in the palace game and for me, I mean, we talk about Hazard being the best player in the Premier League, top five player in the world. And yeah, maybe that may be wishful thinking um, on our part for, to, to name him a top five player in the world. But, you know, he's shown flashes of, of, of brilliance and being one of those top players in the world. But for me, he, it, it always happens to where he just has a few games every year where he just doesn't show up. Um, you know and maybe that's not you know maybe he has more games that he shows up versus the times that he doesn't but for me when you look at guys like Messi Ronaldo I mean they're there every single game and and more often than not they're contributing every single game you know I hate to say it but sometimes Hazard takes games off and and that I think is what is keeping him from getting to that next tier Uh, you know everybody putting him into that next tier versus just Chelsea fans putting him in that next tier
1: yeah no I, I, I agree There's that's what other fans you know us that are biased like you said obviously think Hazard is top 5 or at least has the potential to be top 5 but when we speak to friends who are you know City fans or Liverpool fans even Arsenal fans they say what you just said Hazard can take those breaks and I guess we're, we're pinpointing that right now because losing to Crystal Palace is unforgettable and I think on top of that us being here in the United States we're, we're kind of having a rough week in terms of Team performances and what it means. Oh so, my goodness, um, I don't want to
0: talk about. Yeah. So, aside
1: from, we'll, we'll move back to Chelsea, but well, the Dynamo did clinch a playoff spot tonight, <laughs> so that's good. So, yeah, MLS is still pretty irrelevant. You and I are the only two that really follow <laughs> it. But anyway, um, yeah, Hazard just he just wasn't there today, and I'm hoping that uh, that he, you know, I think honestly, here's what I think: like Roma midweek, Chelsea's just gonna get kind of just their crap together like people are gonna be like what the heck was this sunday or saturday performance against palace um i think for roma roma's had a tough campaign so far i mean they barely beat caravag one nothing they tied atletico they're gonna be coming out for a result maybe their strategy trying to pile on and try to score goals early will open up holes to where you know it'll make life easier on Pedro or and Willian if they're to start. I'm honestly crossing my fingers that it's not Willian. But, you know, maybe because Roma has to get three points, it'll make life easier on Chelsea on just those front three, getting that space and getting the chance to counterattack and kind of keep defenders on their heels. And I, I think Chelsea will win the Roma game. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but I really do think that they'll get the chance to bounce back. But this Crystal Palace game really did kind of show why Conte was upset with the board this summer. And, you know, it, it goes back. These, we've had three players have hamstring injuries in the past 10 days. Moses, Conte, and Morata. And those injuries are non-contact. Those are just plain fatigue. Like, there's no depth to, for these players to get a break. And if you're going to play a player three times in a span of 10 days, you're asking for it. So I'm hoping Conte kind of gives these young guys, again, Christensen, Rudiger, Mo- Masanda a little bit more of a chance because not even it being about merit at this point, it's more about keeping everyone kind of keeping count on how many minutes our players have under their uh, you know, having during the season. We just got to keep track of that because we're playing two games a week,
0: yeah. Um, I, I mean, yeah, I think going back to the to what you said about Roma, um, I think. Chelsea's in a great spot in the group. I mean, that's pretty obvious with the the win against Atletico. Um, I guess the group is Chelsea, then Roma with three points, uh, and Atletico with one, and then Carabag. You know, everybody thought that Atletico was going to be the biggest competition going into this group in the Champions League. And, you know, that's still probably the case. But Roma got the three points against uh, Carabag. And now you're sitting there with Roma in second place. I think this game's going to be really open. I think, like you said, there's going to be a lot of opportunities for Chelsea to counterattack because Roma does need to get ahead, you know, get forward and, and try and get those three points. Um, I think what you're going to see is, is a very open game, which I think bodes well for Chelsea, having guys like Eden Hazard um, and and guys like Pedro if he wants to show up um, or Willian, you know, guys that are quick on the ball um, w- with the counterattack possibility. So I think the game will be won and lost on the counterattack. Um, but uh, I mean, that's personally for me, I, I you know, I, I could see us winning this match. But I, again, I think a draw is something that that, that that could also be seen as well with the lack of depth that we have right now.
1: Yeah, and I think people forget that this is no longer Spalletti's Roma. Mohamed Salah is not in this Roma. It's a, it's a whole different side to what we were seeing last season's Champions League. Uh, and I think that bodes well for Chelsea. I think, again, we go back to the fact that our players are going to come with a sore, like a sour taste in their mouth. I think, I don't know, I've been reading a lot recently, and I don't want to kind of fall into the same bandwagon, but people are saying, you know, this Chelsea side right now could mirror what Chelsea did in 2012, where the league is just absolutely nuts, but then Chelsea kind of performs well in the Champions League, gets a couple wins, and actually ends up at the final and winning it. By no means would I be upset (laughs) if we get another Champions League, but I, I really don't want to fall under the whole Champions League over the Premier League. I think they're we gotta play a we we gotta play it as a as the same kind of level competition. But yeah, again, Roma, it's still a champions league side. It's those games are never gonna be easy. But I think we have more quality than they do. I think the players are gonna get kind of more acclimated back to, you know, what they're supposed to be focusing on with the Chelsea like tactics and training and whatnot. And I'm really hoping that again that maybe I I, re- I really am hoping that Zappa Costa has another good performance because we there's a question coming up, so maybe I'll get into that in a second. But you know, maybe this game will show Conte that making a couple of changes might not be such a bad thing.
0: Yeah, and 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 you know, I think definitely when when you're looking at um, at the Champions League, I mean versus the Premier League is it almost a lack of motivation? I mean, as a professional athlete, I feel like you should get motivated and, and, and ready for every game. But, you know, Champions League is obviously weighted more in the, in the fact that it's, it's almost a bigger competition because it's all of Europe. Um, you know, it's easy to get up for a game like Atletico Madrid or if you're playing Real Madrid or Barcelona. But, you know, I mean, at some point, do you think that these guys say, oh, we walked into Madrid's new new stadium and beat them, you know, in the Champions League? We're going to walk over Palace. And then you just walk in with a lack of motivation and, and just no desire to be there at all because you think it's below you. Uh, I mean, a Chelsea side should always beat a team like Crystal Palace, who has zero points in the Premier League. Um, Always should beat that team and yet come out with a 2-1 loss
1: I completely agree I think that the guys starting with the Atletico game Chelsea gets this huge win, great performance at the Wanda Metropolitano and essentially upset Atletico 2-1 to they go into City, who is by far the best team in the Premier League right now, the way they're playing and their style, like Pep finally built their team and they, you know, they're coming in high and mighty and then they lose then you have international break a lot of our players had great international breaks like i said you know williams already in the world cup hazard had i believe a goal and assist in one of his games you know good international break and you're thinking oh yeah worst place team in the league is coming of course these guys felt entitled and that's exactly what happened they just got punched in the mouth by a team that wanted to prove themselves in comparison to a team that's just just hanging out because they're the champions of England. And I think this kind of lull is just kind of like become a Chelsea thing. They win the league and then they kind of have to get beat up a little bit to kind of wake up. So I'm hoping that the win against Roma will, or sorry, winning against Roma is gonna kind of bring the team back up and and hopefully they can keep that mentality that they need to win, that you know, last season is over, they got into the Champions League, which is all that that championship was gonna do for them. Like being champions of England doesn't mean anything to everyone else in the Premier League, and like I said, these teams, these middle side and small teams, they think they can beat anyone. Just look at that; Watford beat Arsenal, and they're in fourth place. Chelsea's in fifth.
0: Yeah, and that's what I wanted to talk about coming up next. I mean, obviously, we looked at the Roma Roma game uh, midweek, but. I mean, Watford coming to the Bridge next week is not a joke. You know, a couple of years ago, you could write off Watford as probably a win coming to the Bridge, um, but not anymore. They just came off a huge win last week um, against Arsenal, and and I mean, I don't know this. The Watford team is really, really good, um, and uh, based on based on what we saw last week, I don't know if uh, you have a whole lot of confidence, even though it's at the Bridge. Um, but I think, like you said, a win midweek against Roma could be a big confidence booster going into the weekend.
1: Yeah, it's all going to depend on Chelsea's performance against Roma, and then I'm praying to God that these this whole injury thing stops. Like three players is enough, especially with our thin squad. But going back to Watford, I I have a lot of respect for their manager Marco Silva. The guy is the guy's a good manager. He's just I really think he's great he, he knows how to build defense and then that's exactly what he's doing with Watford these guys aren't you know piling on goals against people but they're winning maybe winning ugly but they're winning and and it's it yes it's a surprise but you know Watford's gonna be making a push I think most of the season uh Rick Carlison the guy they got from Brazil is a baller I, I now understand why Chelsea was linked with him for at least a little bit this summer, but that kid is, is can play. And, you know, Chalaba's there kind of being that enforcer in the midfield. I I really do think the Hornets are a good team. And, it, yeah, that, that game this weekend is going to be pretty pretty good game. I, I think, again, I think Chelsea's going to get their crap together again. We don't have to hear about an international break for a while, at least not a competitive international break. So... Yeah, I think the guys need to get their boots on and get back to work. And you know, a whole week under Conte, who I'm assuming is not a very happy camper right now, is is going to be good for for us fans.
0: Um, I think that's all we wanted to really talk about. But I know you had a question that you wanted to read, so so go yeah. Ahead and, so
1: um, one that. of our friends, Willie, uh, is one of our listeners as well. He sent in a question. So well, it's actually a three part question. So. He asks, um, <clears throat> not only from Zappacosta's last performance, but just kind of how Moses has played, is it time to consider him as a starting right wing back over Victor Moses?
0: Um, yeah, I think so. I, I mean, I said this from the beginning when we got Zappacosta, that I think there's, uh, you know, competition is good, and Moses hadn't really impressed me. Um, going back to even last last season um, in the FA Cup final, um, you know, just so many bonehead mistakes I think he was making. And I believed there was room for Zappa Costa to, to try and buy for that starting position. Um, I, I think, you know, obviously he had that banger against Karabag, um, which we'll all remember. But I mean, he's looked good in the games he's come in since then. And uh, consistency is what you need, especially in from a wingback position. I mean, look at Marcus Alonso. Um, he's been consistently decent. I mean, he, I, I haven't remembered a, a game that he's just been awful in a while, whereas Moses, he's either on or he's off. And now with the hamstring injury, um, you know, you don't know how long he could potentially be out. Um, I think Zappacosta had definitely has the ability um, to get into a starting role there. I, I mean, I definitely think uh, a change could be coming in, in that spot soon.
1: Yeah, um, the way I see it, I think it's more of what Chelsea has become this season with the addition of Murata as our center forward. I think that compared to last season, Chelsea's putting in a lot more crosses into the box. And that is something where Zapacosta excels over Moses. I still think it's not going to be like an 80-20 if Zapacosta becomes a starter. I still think it'll be more like 60-40, maybe 70-30. I think it all depends again on who we're, who Chelsea plays. But because of the way Chelsea's playing now, and it's a lot of you know early balls to Murata if he's making the run, or maybe Makayoko making a late run, whatever it is, crosses are being played in more than ever. And if it's that four, 3 5 one, two, 1 1, then most definitely you want to have Zapacosta. Like, the guy's pretty pacey, and he's got a great pass on him. Uh, I think, like, Tactical wise, when you have a guy that scores every header in Morata, you got to put the ball in his head. And I think that's where Zapacosta is, uh, you know, a better choice than Moses. Um, On to his second part of his question. He just goes, William over Pedro? W-t- WTF. Why? So I'll let you start. Um, I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> To be quite honest with you, um,
0: I don't know the rationale behind that one. Uh, Pedro may have done something to Conte. Um, I have no idea. But, I, I mean, I think Pedro has shown that if, you know, Willian had, how do I want to say this? I think he had one really good season the year we won the Premier League two years ago. And I think people are, are waiting for that to come back. And the past couple of years, he just hasn't um and and i think it's it's time to i don't want i don't want to say move on from willian because there's always that 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 potential chance that he could return to form and and obviously you want to give him that opportunity but i think in big games pedro needs to be playing i think he's much smarter with the ball willian in my opinion tries to create way too much because I think he understands that he's not performing at the level that he did back a couple seasons ago. And when he does try and do too much, he ends up losing the ball. I mean, even last week, that wasn't really a, a, a case of him trying to do too much when Zaha scored that goal right before the right before halftime and William gave that ball away. It's just he's making some some really dumb mistakes that he hasn't made in the past. Um, and, and Pedro is just i think more smart with the ball and and when you don't have a whole lot of firepower in terms of guys that can just make runs like just straight into a box or make runs through defenses that can score goals and you have don't have a lot of firepower to score four goals a game like some teams in the premier league i think being smart with the ball is more important than trying to make flashy plays
1: yeah, I'm gonna agree with the first comment you said. I have no idea why William is still being <laughs> chosen over Pedro, and I, I really wish we could kind of get into the mind of William and figure out what is going on. The guy is, it's just like even technique-wise, like he's passing is just like we can see what he's trying to do, but it's not like he like overshot a guy. It's just like the pass isn't even near his target sometimes. So, no clue what's going on with William. I you know, the guy's good, and, you know, I I don't want to say, like, <laughs> I kind of joked with you earlier, like, ah, oh, maybe we should have cashed in when Barcelona made an offer this summer for Willian, if that rumor was true, and gotten Mares, but, like, I don't know what's going on with Willian, it's like, it's like a shadow of his former self, and, you know, even if Pedro had been the guy to start, I, I don't think he's had a particularly good season, but what he brings to the table that Willian, you know, doesn't do as much, is that he will make that run behind, or, trying to, you know, work off the ball while William always tries to get the ball to his feet. And, and you know, something that I always thought beforehand back when we had Sherla is that I actually preferred seeing Sherla on the field because William and Hazard both kind of like getting the ball to their feet. And I just think it's kind of like in basketball. You can't have two point guards on the court. Like one guy has to be the guy with the ball while the other people kind of work around him. So that's kind of my... You know, with how William usually plays, is is just kind of my, the way I, I like to think about it. But if it was really up to me at this point, the way Musonda played that second half, I would just play him. The guy, the guy, kind of just oh man, he just played well. And and by the way, in terms of his Instagram, I think you missed it. By the for you guys that don't know, we all went to UT and and Brian was at the Oklahoma versus Texas game this weekend. So. He probably missed his Instagram post, but Charlie Musanda's birthday was this weekend, and he thanked both the club and supporters for all the, you know, the love and and you know, the six years together, etc. So I think he's. I lo- I did see, I did I see the second he post. Is, but... He has learned his lesson. I think he kind of got a slap to the wrist because, you know, don't be entitled. You're 21 years old. You need to earn your spot. But yes. I think if it was up to me, Musonda would get a few more starts and and just let the kind of let him grow. I mean, Pogba started the same way, you know. Nobody just becomes a superstar overnight. They gotta kind of grow into it and kind of see what things they can of their game they can get away with in that in the top level. So, uh, yeah, I think it's time for him to get maybe one or two games in a row. Just hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> but um, part three of, of Willie's question was just that Masan does a crybaby, but he played so well today. And I know you didn't really watch that second half, but the best chance Chelsea had was this long ball played that he brings down with his chest well. But as he's kind of bringing it down and trying to volley it, he kind of hits it, hits the ball underneath, and and pops it over the goal. But you know, I thought he was very good again, and and yeah, I, I you know lack of death is an issue, but. You know, there is players that... We do have the players that can fill those gaps. It just takes Conte letting them do that. Um, Like I said, I really hope Rudiger starts Wednesday. I kind of wish that Christensen wasn't limited to playing in the middle um, in kind of a dream situation. I wish Christensen could play in the middle and maybe David Luiz would play on the left side maybe or something along those lines. I think Christensen actually has been the best defender we've had this season, so... You know, there are players on that bench that can kind of make some changes to what Chelsea's doing right now in a positive way. So we'll see what happens Wednesday.
0: Yep. I think that's going to do it for us. Um, As always, you can follow us on Twitter at SSBluesPod. Uh, We're going to be taking a look next week at the Roma matchup midweek and then the Watford game. Um, As always, you can send us questions that you have. Um, But if not, we will catch you guys next week.